It's Tuesday, the 12th of September, and this is The Splash. I'm Phil Pry, and this is The Splash, and we're here to talk cricket and rugby union today. Uh, plenty going on. The Aussies uh, still over in the subcontinent. Uh, they're about to embark on a one-day series against India, and we will be chatting to cricket writer Jacob Kurip, who is with us. Uh, welcome to The Splash, Jacob. Hi, Phil. Lovely to be here. Uh, but first, we, we will be talking the Wallabies. They're in the middle of the rugby championship uh, and Christy Doran, our Fox Sports rugby writer, is here to talk all things rugby union. Christy, welcome. Thank you. Very good afternoon to you, Phil. Uh, and Christy, first of all, we'll start things off uh, with you d- uh, doing a story yesterday on what we learnt after uh, Australia's um, clash with the Springboks last weekend. Of course, uh, they, they take on the Argentinians in Canberra this week. Uh, and following our improvement in Dunedin, you feel like uh, they took a little bit of a step backwards um, last weekend in Perth. Yeah, they certainly did. We, we saw a really inspired, as you said, improved display in Dunedin a fortnight ago where the Wallabies really took it to the All Blacks after an embarrassing display in their opening legislative match in Sydney where they were walloped. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in Dunedin, what we saw was a forward pack that was hungry, a backline that was clinical, and unfortunately on, on Saturday in Perth, in front of a, a crowd which has suffered a lot over the last 6 to 12 months with their Western Force, the, their franchise, culled by Australian rugby, they deserved to see a better performance from the Wallabies, and unfortunately they didn't. Uh, the, the Ford pack in particular struggled, um, and it really begs the question, we've seen a lot of the players that have emerged throughout the last 12 to 24 months, um, players that have been given an opportunity in the build-up to the next World Cup in 2019, given a chance by Michael Checker, and unfortunately uh, they're struggling, they're, they're underwhelming, they're underachieving, and uh, quite a few of them were exposed in particular. I wrote yesterday that Ned Hannigan... After six test matches, he started in every one of those matches, just hasn't had any impact uh, in any of those matches, hasn't really had a, a moment in a game which has lifted anyone from their seats and takes take notice. It's a bitter pill to swallow when you consider uh, the, the production line occurring uh, in New Zealand right now. Uh, here's a chance for the All Blacks. There's a new Fafita. Uh, that caused quite a stir last weekend uh, for the All Blacks. Um, via Fafita, you know, you see someone like that on debut going out there and um, and smashing it. Um, you know, the All Blacks have had incredible depth for some time and, and the, you know, the Aussies just don't have that at the moment. Yeah, they've got an embarrassment of riches. This was a bloke who was playing his second test match. He's run on debut and he was by far the, the All Blacks' best player um, only given an opportunity because Jerome Kino, uh has some off-field issues that he's got to deal with, as well as uh, Liam Squires, who was rested after only playing a handful of matches himself for, for the All Blacks. And, and Fafita really grabbed that opportunity with both hands. And it's something that Michael Checker has been... He's been criticised a little bit by swapping and changing his team over the last 24 months. Mm. Um, but, but one of those reasons is to create uh, a competitiveness... 
within the playing group that they he wants someone to stand up and take the opportunity with both hands. And unfortunately, there's just so many of them in this Australian team that haven't been able to do that. Fafita ran hard, he stormed over a number of the Argentinians and scored one of the best tries that you'll see from a, a loose forward and one that will be replayed over and over in the coming years. Uh, it, it means that Steve Hansen, the All Blacks coach, has got a real selection headache. And unfortunately, and Michael Checker has also got a selection headache because none of his players, are, it will, not often enough anyway, uh, are playing with that same raw enthusiasm and desire to get stuck in at every moment. Um, Hannigan, uh, the, the, the back row in particular, has struggled. It, it's an area where where powder puffs compared to the big three nations of South Africa, New Zealand and England. Uh, we struggle to get over the advantage line. And in rugby, it's just so important that you're getting over the mm. over the gain line, you're denting the line so that you can give the back some room to move. We've seen Argentina uh, exploit to an extent New Zealand that over the weekend. Um, but in the end, the, the likes of Reid, of uh, Fafida, the big powerful forward pack was just too strong. Uh, and, and, and this weekend... They've got. They're playing the Argentinian, the, the Wallabies, and uh, you know th- there's some some big question marks uh, oh. over a number of of these players. And, and Hannigan's not the only one. Sean McMahon, Tom Robinson, who's the interchange reserve prop at the moment, uh, they're just simply not not denting the line and making an impact. They're, look, their um, rugby championship claims are, are well and truly over. So, what are you hoping to see from the Wallabies side up against Argentina this weekend? Well, clearly they've they've got to win, and, and the Wallabies have only, by any means <laughs> by, by any means they've won eight tests so far since the, making the World Cup final, where they pushed the All Blacks right to the end. So, well, winning at all cost is 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 ultimately what is going to bring the fans back. Uh, it, we live in a unfortunately, I suppose, a, a nation which is results driven a, a lot of the time. Um, but 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 but. Ultimately, that the forward pack, the, the the rack, the breakdown was a shambles in Perth, and that and that's probably the thing that we've got to address quickest. Yeah, uh, and it's something that you you can address. There, there was at times just Peter Steph to toit, the South African reserve lock, who's given a chance himself on the weekend um, after Franco Mozart was was uh, was rested. Um, just running straight through the ruck, which is just inexcusable because there wasn't a player guarding, protecting the centre of the uh, of the field. So I'd just like to see that the forwards uh, aim up and a little bit smarter around that that breakdown. So uh, who's in a worse situation right now, the the Wallabies or the uh, the Aussie cricket team? Oh. <laughs> you'd have to you'd Christy? have to say the Wallabies, really. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the Aussie cricket team's doing too poorly. I think they did quite well to draw one all in Bangladesh. I think a lot of people forget how good Bangladesh have gotten of late in a big tour of India coming up now. Um, yeah, Jacob, uh you know, that this whole excuses um sort of narrative which is you know, played out following that, that initial um defeat to Bangladesh uh, you know, do they have excuses uh, following that, you know, obviously lengthy uh, pay negotiation uh, dispute that was going on? Um, is yeah. there cause for excuse? Um, with the Bangladesh series, I wouldn't say 
too much so. Like, the preparation they had was essentially the preparation they had planned anyway. They were always going to go to the Northern Territory for a week and then over to um, Chittagong to prepare for the series. If if you're pointing fingers, it's more at Cricket Australia for maybe not putting a bit more planning into the tour. But it, it's into tough. being able to perform on the those you know spinning subcontinent wickets. Yeah, to like in terms of the preparation. So for India, they spent you know two weeks in Dubai and really got used to spinning conditions. For Bangladesh, a week in the Northern Territory is just not going to do it. And they improved. They they showed in that second test that they can they can play in spinning conditions. And this year they've really stepped up their game on the subcontinent. They played well in India and. We're a little bit unlucky to go down 2-1. So there's a lot to be happy with Australia in Asia right now. I think they're heading in the right direction. 1-2-11 as well. You know, we saw improvements um, batting and bowling. Yeah, David Warner was particularly impressive. He's had a real tough time of it um, overseas, not just in Asia, but overseas in Test cricket Mm. for a while now. And he really made a statement against Bangladesh in tough conditions. Two centuries of, you know, very different natures. Uh, In Dhaka, it was, you know, David Warner that... Everyone loves to see, you know, going out, playing all his shots and mm. racking off a real quick fire century. And then in Chittagong, it was a uh, it was a more mature performance, a thing of performance that a lot of, you know, traditionalists would have appreciated and Steve mm. Smith would have appreciated. He really dug in and built up a, a good lead for Australia, which was essential to, to the win in the series levelling. In a, yeah, in, an ascent, in a big test. For sure. And I suppose one of the other... Uh, discussions that we always seem to be coming back to in cricket is around the scheduling. Um, yep. We've obviously had our had our issues in the subcontinent of being able to play spin, uh, but then the scheduling issue is its ugly head yet again. And with the Nashes series just around the corner on home soil, should we be going to India for a five-game ga- uh, one-day series and then a couple of T20s after that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, for me, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it too much. It's worth remembering that last time Australia toured India, it was for a seven-match one-day series, and they followed that up with whitewashing. <laughs> too long. Yeah, it was, it was very long, <laughs> and a lot of runs were scored in a very rain-affected match, but they followed up that series by whitewashing England 5-0 down under, so yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you'd, you'd love to see them playing some red ball cricket right now to prepare for the Ashes. It'd be great. The more red ball cricket before the Ashes, the better. The way the domestic schedule you know, is that wouldn't be happening anyway. Um, but they still got to come back and play three Sheffield Shield rounds before the Ashes. I think, you know, if they're not ready, come ball one at the Gabba, it won't be because of this one-day series against India. Jacob, it seems a bit of a shame. Two test matches in Bangladesh and then five one-day is another pointless series just, you know, thrown in the middle there. Why, why We're broadcasting they... this, so be careful, you know. <laughs> why, why aren't we playing more test cricket in Bangladesh? Why not a three-match test series? Mate, I would love to see more test cricket in Bangladesh. I think they've, you know, really got the short end from most of the big test-playing nations. Um, why they didn't get more than two test matches, you'd have to ask... Cricket Australia and, and the ICC and the BCB as well. Money, probably. Yeah, money, <laughs> money, money's a big, big role in it. Um, with with the five match ODI series in a, in India, money is obviously a, a big factor. You don't turn down a tour to India. It's just you know it pays mm. for so much of you know what you do. Um, it's paying but, for James Faulkner's uh, contract. <laughs> oh, oh no, that's right. Uh, uh, but he <laughs> but he is going to India. Yeah, that's another interesting thing about this series. Yeah, so. You know, this is, could be a huge series for James Falk, and I think a lot of people thought his international career was over after he 
got left out of that Champions Trophy squad and was then left off Cricket Australia's, you know, list of contracted players. Uh, so he'll be looking to take this opportunity with both hands. He's got a great record in India and plenty of IPL experience. So mm. I'm backing him to have a pretty big series. Um, we all love the Forks, the finisher. Nice quality player. <laughs> <laughs> Christy is, uh, is three uh, Sheffield Shield games for the, uh, the Aussie Test team enough to prepare for, uh, for game one at the Gabba. This I, summer, I think it is. It, it's probably more than what we've experienced in the past and seen in the past. It just for, for me, a, a bigger question is is why, well, perhaps the Ashes always takes importance, but why why is there a one day series, domestic series, yet again ahead of this Sheffield Shield series? You could probably play another, uh, you know, four to five Sheffield Shield matches and really. Um, th- therefore allow selectors to get a, a greater understanding about who's in form and, and who's making a statement for selection. And uh, Jacob, I believe, later later in the week, um, we've got Brett Jeeves coming up uh, from... Uh, it, does he still live in Tassie? Yeah, he's still down in Tassie, making so, a ruckus. So he's up and, and Fox Footy's Tom Morris, who's a diehard cricket fan as well, I believe. Uh, the whole cricket crew here at Fox Sports will be uh, having a bit of a yarn and, and, and a... Um, a, a podcast to, to discuss in depth uh, what that Ashes uh, Australian team for the Ashes, Ashes should look like. Yeah, I think it'll um, be quite interesting. Tom's a very passionate Victorian, so I imagine there'll be a fair few Vicks pushed at us. And uh, Brett's got opinions on absolutely everything <laughs> in the world, so uh, make sure to tune in. It'll be colourful. Absolutely, and and I suppose it, is that going to be the you know the the main um, part of the the cricketing agenda this week moving forward. Uh yeah, I'm I, you know we'll we'll possibly touch on the India series, but from here it's you know I think everyone's just got their eyes set on a big a big Ashes summer, you know biggest you know cricket contest, biggest test cricket contest in the world really. So for sure, and Christy, what what can we expect on foxsports.com.au forward slash rugby in the next few days? Well, there's, there's still lingering uh, discussions with Andrew Twiggy Forrest about his new Indo-Pacific uh, competition. And uh, on Wednesday, he's, I believe he's going to be addressing the media and, and uh, expanding on some of those ideas from uh, which he unveiled last week. Uh, but but certainly the, the lead up to a couple of really intriguing test matches with the Wallabies and Argentina, both desperate for a win. Argentina winless in 2017, which is hard to believe after making the World Cup semi-finals. <laughs> Uh, just two years ago, and, and the Springboks searching for their first win in New Zealand since 2009. Mm, interesting. Thank you very much, Christy Doran. Thank you very much, Jacob Karoop. Uh, catch all their stuff, as I mentioned, on foxsports.com.au. Uh, and for Tuesday, this edition, that is The Splash, and that is a wrap. Mm-hmm.